turn to Habakkuk chapter 3, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 this morning. As you're turning there, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and your offering and your giving. You allow us to do some incredible things uh, throughout, uh, throughout the year, throughout the week. And this, this week, we're going to post on our social media site a video that recaps some of our missions projects that you've been with. We're going to post that on our social media site so you can see that. So be sure you watch that because every time you give, you are helping us not only reach people here in our city, but literally doing amazing things around the world. So be sure you are watching out for that. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, our ushers will be at the door today. You can give with an envelope, give online, uh, text to give through your app, however it is. Thank you so much for helping us reach and expand the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen and amen. Habakkuk chapter 3 today. Verse 17, the word reads, it says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk up on high heels. I want you to, to, to note this, this, uh, these verses that we are reading because they are actually a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk. And I find it very interesting that in some translations that you will read, yours may be this way, that it states that this, this, this is a prayer of despair. And as he is praying this prayer of despair, some translations say that it was actually set to wild and enthusiastic music. It is set to an atmosphere that is wild, enthusiastic and triumphant. And it amazes me that he can pray this in, in the middle of praise. This text is Habakkuk offering up a prayer for his times. And just by reading these few verses, just by listening to the words of this heartfelt prayer, it is easy to gather that life at that moment was not ideal that there are circumstances that are before them that are difficult. There are some details in this prayer that leads one to believe that there are some problematic situations that are before them. The outlook was dim, but Habakkuk did not allow what he saw with his eyes to disrupt what he saw with his faith. Amen? And as I stated last week, the devil's duty is to keep you in the flesh. 
He wants you to stay in your flesh. He wants the natural chaos that you see to distract your spiritual progress. He wants the dilemmas that we face every day in the natural to interrupt the revelation of the spirit. He wants you to see the giant that is before you and forget everything that God has ever brought you through. But Habakkuk did not allow what he saw with his eyes to interfere with what he saw in his faith. Although there were no figs that were blossoming, although there was no fruit on his vine, although the olive trees were bare, although fields were barren, and there were no cattle in his stall, Habakkuk kept his eye on the prize and said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Although everything around him seemed to be falling apart, although everything that society, the systems that society had built and put their faith in seemed to be letting the people down, although he could not see the harvest quite yet, he said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Can we say amen this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, wake up, help him preach. This is better than your acting this morning. I said, wake up and help me preach today. Because you've got to understand that this same Habakkuk that uh, he, he wrote in chapter 2, he said, write the vision and make it plain so those who read it can run with it. And in verse 4, he said that the just shall live by faith. In other words, he was pretty much saying, have you really even lived until you've dwelled in a barren land? He was saying, have you really lived until there were no grapes on your vine? Have you really ever lived unless you've been in a season that the crops were not productive and producing? Because it's in those moments that you do not live by what you see, but you live by what you believe. Amen. Come on, I want you to say this with me this morning. Say, this year, I'm living by faith. Come on, say, this year, I'm living by faith. Come on, say this year, I will not live by what I see, but I will live by what I believe. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. It is like he was saying, though nothing is working for me, I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. Have you ever been in a season where it felt like nothing was working for you? It felt like every door that you knocked on, someone would lock it. It felt like every opportunity was slammed in your face. It felt like everything, there was nothing. Has anybody ever felt that? Some of you were lying because I, I, there's been some days where it felt like, can anything good even happen to me but he said I will rejoice anyhow I want you to get this because rejoicing in the middle of trying circumstances is a decision and not an emotion you've got to choose there are some days you got to wake up and choose I will bless the Lord today although it's dark outside I will bless the Lord today. Although the wind is blowing against my face, guess what? I will bless the Lord today. It is a decision and not an emotion. See, this is how Habakkuk survived. This is how, despite the turmoil that was in front of him, he could say, yet 
I will praise you. This is how he kept pushing. This is how he could say, I'm going to finish the course anyhow. I may have to finish it alone, but guess what? I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep until I see the end. See, the reason I can have a yet praise is because God is good even when life is not. I said, God is good even when life is not. I said, our God is still good even when life is not. God is good even when your job is not. Amen. God is good even when your bank account is not. God is good even when the honeymoon is over. God is just good somebody who can testify that there will be some days in this thing called life that 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 are hard. Can anybody testify that there will just be some days that just feel like a trial? It feels like people are stacking up evidence against you. There, how many who can testify that there will be some long and exhausting days? Can anybody testify? Can anyone remember when you thought high school was hard? <laughs> Sorry, high schoolers. You'll learn. <laughs> Who's dating who? Who's driving wide? Where's my locker? Don't you wish that was your roughest problem? Don't you wish the roughest problem you had was that you had a bottom locker? Who can remember when, 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 when you thought college life was difficult? And then you started adulting. And the bills started coming. And you started having to, you, you got to get this thing called a job. And you your mama says, get out of my house. And, and then you start in relationships and then you get married and then you've got babies. And now you look back and think, well, now that wasn't so bad now, was it? We look at the life of Job and the word said that he lost his cattle and he lost his sheep. He lost his oxen, all 10 of his children. And yet he still said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hmm. How in the world do you get to the place in your life that you can be standing in the middle of devastation? You can be standing in the middle of ruin and say, I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Yet will I praise him. You get there because it is a decision and not an emotion. Come on, I want you to say this. Say, yet will I praise him. Say, yet will I praise him. I dare someone who doesn't feel good just say, yet will I praise him. I dare someone who got a bad report this week just say, yet will I praise him. I dare somebody that doesn't like what they see before them just say, yet will I praise him. See, I can say, yet I can see, I can say, yet will I praise you because my sins have been forgiven. I can have a yet kind of praise because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I can have a yet kind of praise because I have the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. I can have a yet kind of praise because I am more than a conqueror through him that has loved me. I can have a yet kind of praise 
praise because Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for you and I. I can have a yet kind of praise because nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ today. I can have a yet kind of praise because he said that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. I can have a yet kind of praise because he supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I can get a yet kind of praise today because no matter what happens on this planet, I know the end and I will win. I can have a yet kind of praise because God is good even when life is not. Yet, what do you do when life throws you a curveball? What do you do when you lose your dream job? What do you do when you stood in an altar like this on a Saturday and, and you stood there in front of your spouse and you made a vow and you made a commitment and you made a covenant between uh, before the Lord and even family and that person just walks out of your life what do you do when things happen to you that you never imagined could happen to your house the church this year we've got to get a yet kind of praise this year will not be easy as time grows clicker, uh, uh, closer to the trumpet sounding, guess what? There will be turmoil. And the church has got to be able to stand and say, yet, I'm still going to praise him. I don't care what's happening around me, yet, I'm going to praise him. Paul went through trials. If you read his story, he was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was talked about. He was put in prison. And yet the word said he maintained a righteous spirit. Some of you, somebody cuts you off and you lose your salvation. Some of you, the barista gets your order wrong and it ruins your life. There's nervous giggles. Paul went through taunting and shipwrecked and being beaten in prison. And the word said he maintained a righteous spirit. In his writing, write this down in Philippians 4, verse 11 through 14, he said, get this, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, mm, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. He said, I learned it. I learned it. This means that he had been through some things that taught a lesson. Sometimes this generation's children don't learn lessons because we rescue them as soon as they fall. And there's not enough time for them to recount consequences. And so often we get in situations he said, I learned from it. I didn't just 
see it, but I learned from it. While everybody else was walking through barren grounds and they're over here in the corner with their sackcloth on and, and they're crying and they're whining because they didn't get their way or, or they're hungry and everything looks dark and grim. While everybody else is over here crying, Paul was over here with his notebook and he's taking notes saying, look, look, I learned from this. He was taking some, He said, I have learned. In other words, I wasn't born with it, but I have learned to be content. I learned it. Verse 12, I said, everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, I was telling for service that the older that I get, the more that I understand that comfort is overrated. <laughs> Comfort is overrated. Some of you, you break a nail. Life's over. You know who you are. I've seen your Facebook. Comfort. Comfort is the antithesis of, thri uh, of thriving. It is the opposite of thriving. Comfort is what stands between you and success. And there's a lot of people that want success, but they don't want to get uncomfortable. There's a lot of people that want to raise up their spiritual awareness and their spiritual gifts and want the blessings, but they don't want to go through the, the, the uncomfortable season that it takes to get there. It's the opposite of thriving because you can't get to a place of thriving without some discomfort. See, growth positions you in uncomfortable situations. If you want to grow, you better get ready to be in some uncomfortable situations. Uh, why? Because it's just, it's, it's, it's the way that it, with growth, there comes temporary discomfort. You can't get to comfort without going through discomfort. You can't, you cannot improve your future without disrupting your present. Mm. The church has got to learn how to handle moments of discomfort. Because so often, if one little thing happens, it rocks our boat. But we've got to learn in those situations. We've got to get a yet kind of praise. God, uh, here, Joseph gave God, excuse me, God gave Joseph a dream in the word. He was a young man, and God gave him a dream. And because of his immaturity, Joseph goes and shares his dream with his family. How many of you know there's some things you can't tell your family? Anybody got a talker in your family? Anybody in here the talker of the family? God gave him a dream. And he goes out and shares the dream with his family. But what he saw in the dream was the end result what he did not see in the dream was the process. He caught the vision, but did not catch the process. Isn't it amazing that God will show you something, but not show you the process? 
He saw the end, but he never saw, he never, he never thought that his own brothers would become his worst enemies. And sometimes we see the end result. We see somebody's, we see somebody's uh, results. We see someone else's success, and we want that. Man, man, I wish I had that body. I wish, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could sing like that. I wish, I wish I could grow my business like that. But you have no idea the discomfort that they went through to get it. And all of a sudden, Joseph realizes that these so-called disruptions are actually getting him where God wants him to be. He never saw his betrayal in the beginning. He never imagined that he'd be sold into slavery. He never saw in the vision about how many people would be lying about him. What, all he saw was the palace. He never saw the pit. So as he is going through these trials, he saw the palace. He never saw the pit. So that reminded him that every place he landed, that every place he had to stop, that every detour he had to go through, it reminded him, this is not where God wants me and God's not finished with me yet. Amen? Is there anybody in the house that can say, where I am today is not lining up with what God has shown me. Have you ever been in that place where I am looking around and God, this is not what you said. So let's, so, so here he is and he's looking around and it's not lining up. So this lets me know that I, I may be here, but I'm not going to settle here. Amen. This lets me know this way I may be here today, but I'm not taking root here. I'm not building a house here. It lets me know God is not finished with me yet. God, I don't understand what I am seeing, yet I will praise you. Paul said that he was able to be content because he learned it. You are not born with contentment. If you've ever had a baby, you know that. That thing cries. Just a little bit hungry. I hear, I hear one somewhere. Because it heard me. He's saying, I am content. <laughs> it gets a little bit hungry. He's like, mm, mm. But then you start getting that kid on a schedule. And it starts getting into a routine. And it starts learning to be content. I don't have to cry every time I get a little bit of hunger. Some of you adults still do it, but... I don't have to get angry just because I'm a little bit hungry. I can wait this thing out. Paul, Paul was learning. And while Paul was learning, we see him to begin to catch the revelation. If you read his writings, you start to see him gain knowledge of the more that I am afflicted, the more that God multiplies his kingdom. I'm going to say that one again. The more that I am afflicted, the more that God multiplies his kingdom. The more that I go through, the stronger that I get is the more that God can multiply his kingdom. Paul said, he's crazy. He said, I glory in tribulation. What kind of fool says that? Anybody like, I love problems. Woo, give me a problem. I love tribulation. I love to feel like I'm just walking through hell every day. Who says that? Paul, 
crazy? He said, I glory in it. He was saying, the more that I am afflicted, the more that I grow. And when I feel Satan stirring up something in this church, when I feel when I feel something shifting, when I see people acting a little crazy, when I see people walking away, when I see something shifting, well, I have said it a hundred times, get ready because we're about to see a growth spurt. Get ready because there's about to be a move. Anytime I've ever seen it, I said, begin ready, and every time growth has followed. Why? Because the more we are afflicted, the more that we grow. Abraham Abraham had a yet will I praise him attitude. Write this down, Romans 4, 18 through 21. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Even when there was no reason, he couldn't see anything worth hoping over, but he kept hoping. It said, believing that he would come to the father to to become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. All of the trials, the worst, but his faith did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. Anybody can testify. You wake up, you feel like I'm as good as dead. Anybody? Anybody? Y'all lying to me again. He said, I feel like I am dead. And you want me to believe I'm about to have a bunch of babies? Somebody the other day asked me, we don't have another kid. I thought, you crazy. I'm 40 years old. Ain't no way. Y'all crazy. I got to sleep. <laughs> crazy. I'm too old for that type of stuff. Here he is, 100, having faith that there's about to be a nation. It said, verse 20, Abraham never wavered. Abraham never wavered. The wind blows, some of y'all can't come to church. Well, bless the Lord. Somebody says, boo, it hurts your feelings. Abraham never wavered. What a testimony. I don't know about you, but that, but, but that, that, that just sounds like a testimony. I, want. I was telling first service that I hope one day when I'm buried... And they're lowering me into the grave. I also told them that if I go first, I will not be lowered, but I know Sarah will have me cremated to save a buck. (laughs) If y'all hear I'm being cremated, you better run down to that morgue and say, that's not what that boy wanted. (laughs) She'll do anything for a dollar. But one day, when I am lowered down into the earth, in a casket. I pray that one day on my headstone, they'll be able to write, he never wavered. I don't, he, you should have seen what he went through. He never wavered. Storms came. He never wavered. People said, don't plant that church. You're crazy. He never wavered. He never wavered in believing God's promise. The word says, in fact, 
his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. In the middle of it all, he convinced himself, God's going to do it. Haters going to hate. People going to gossip. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Abraham, I know you feel like you're a hundred today, but let me tell you something. God is going to, he convinced himself. He did not listen to the outside. You're a hundred, there ain't no way. Sarah's womb, that thing dried up. She ain't having a baby. What? No, 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 no. He said he convinced himself. I think he talked to himself and said, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'm going to be glad in him. I know everything looks like it's falling, but yet I'm going to praise him today. Yet I know it, I believe it. Listen, you've got to make up your mind on the front end of this thing that you will not allow discouragement to keep you from attaining what God has set before you. He convinced himself at the beginning of this year, you've got to decide what you will allow to stop you. Will you allow the weather to stop you? Will you allow the cold to stop you? Will you allow the rain to stop you? Will you allow the pain in your shoulder to stop you? Because you will have challenges this year. Can I get an amen? Some of you have already had them. There will be hurdles that will be set before you this year. And if you are looking for a reason to quit, the enemy will definitely give you one. Will you allow criticism to stop you? Will you allow tiredness to stop you? Will you allow a lack of attention to stop you? Will you allow a, a bad report to stop you? No, I may get a bad report, yet will I praise him. I may be dog tired, but yet I'm getting out of bed and I'm going to church today. I may be criticized every time I turn around, yet will I praise him, somebody? Paul said, I glory in tribulation. Habakkuk said, I rejoice anyway because the more that we are afflicted, the more that we are multiplied. Sometimes, man, help me out. Sometimes we mistake our affliction as judgment. How many times? I've, I've heard it so many times. Somebody walks into my office, they got a hard time, and like, oh, that's God judging me. Sometimes, Yes. But through it all, God's trying to grow you. Sometimes we mistake our affliction as abandonment. Sometimes we feel that our trials are because of rejection. And we will get in our head and we will get all up in our emotions. And we will start getting up all in our feelings. And before we know it, we have allowed, I said, we have allowed the devil to convince us. We allowed him to convince us that God will never accept us. We will allow the devil to convince us that we've strayed too far to be redeemed. We will allow the devil to convince us that the state of the barren field is our new home. But I want to remind the church of something today. That Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says that God has sent forth the spirit of his son crying out, Abba, Father. It is a spirit of adoption. 
It is a spirit that allows you to call God your Father. And that same spirit is in this room today. And it is here to remind you that no matter how far you may have gone, no matter how barren your field may be, no matter how empty your vines may be today, the spirit is crying out to the bride and he's saying, I've still got you. You are mine, somebody. Can you rejoice with me? He's saying, I've still got you. You are mine. I've got the whole world in the palm of my hand. And because, and because of that fact this morning, when life seems to be crumbling all around me, yet will I rejoice. Because of that fact that he has me, yet will I praise him. Even in the bad economy, yet will will I praise him? Even if people don't understand me, yet no matter who gets elected, yet why, how, how can you do that? Because Christ is my savior and God is my healer. He's my redeemer and my strength. Yet will I praise him? Even if I don't feel like it, yet. Even when I'm tired, yet. Even when I get a little moody, yet. Even when I've got a bad attitude and don't want to see nobody, guess what? Yet. Even when I just want to quit and walk away yet this year God is telling the church do not quit do not give up do not walk away come on stand with me come on can we just raise our hands this morning Lord we love you today Lord we give you honor and glory and praise today Come on, will you just raise up your hands with me this morning? I feel like there's a yet kind of spirit that's coming upon some houses today. There's a yet kind of spirit that's coming upon the bride. And in times of tribulation, in times of hardship, in times of turmoil, you will not bow your knee. You will not, you will not bow to Satan. You will not give in. You will not fall. You will not stumble. But you will stand. You will stand boldly and say, yet I will praise him. This is not what I thought it was going to look like. Yet I will praise him. This didn't end like I thought it was going to. Yet will I praise him. My checking account don't look like I thought it was going to look this year. Yet will I praise him. I want us to sing this out this morning. Come on, will you just raise up your hand with me today? Come on, let's sing this out this morning. We love you today. Hallelujah. Come on, just raise your hand and sing it out today. Come on, we declare it.
I want to pray for you today. If you're in this house, you say, you know what? This year, I want a yet kind of praise. I want a yet spirit to come upon me this year. No matter what is standing before me, I just want to say, yet will I praise you, Lord. I just, I just want that yet spirit inside of me. Why? Because you've not seen it yet, but you've got a yet kind of praise. Come on, somebody. If you're in this place, you say, you know what? I want that yet spirit to come upon me. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. I pray for every hand that's being raised. Lord, there's more hands raised than not in this house. Lord, that lets me know that your bride is hungry. Lord, that lets me know that this church is hungry. Lord, it lets me know that the people standing here, Lord, they want you today. Lord, they're hungry for you today. Lord, it lets me know it today. Come on, right where you are. Come on, just raise both your hands and say, Lord, I want it today. Yet will I praise you. Say, Lord. I want a yet kind of spirit today. A spirit that will not bow. A spirit that will not fall. A spirit that will not be tempted. A spirit that will not stay in our flesh, Lord. But a spirit that no matter how barren it may be, no matter how uh, how barren the vines may be, it doesn't matter if there's no blossoms on the olive tree, God. Yet will I praise you. It doesn't matter what CNN says. Yet will I praise you. It doesn't matter what NBC says. Yet will I praise you. It doesn't matter what ABC says or Fox, yet will I praise you. It doesn't matter what the doctor says, yet will I praise you. It doesn't matter what the critics say, yet will I praise you. Come on, somebody. Say, I want it today. Yes, Lord. Lord, is coming upon the house today. Yes, Lord. about to use them to make you this year the thing that you wanted to run from last year but you're still in it God's about to use it to elevate you I said God is about to use what you thought was going to destroy you to elevate you why to multiply the kingdom comfort Americans love comfort we love comfort It's comfort that's standing between you and a miracle. It's comfort is what is standing between you and your next. How uncomfortable are you willing to get this year? Can we just close our eyes and bow our heads just a moment? I'm about to, I'm about to release you. Please don't move right now. Just give me a couple more minutes. If you're in this place today, you say, you know what? I not only need the yet spirit, but... I need Jesus today. I need to know that I know him. 
You need salvation today. You need, you need to come to him today. You say, you know what? I just need him today. You may be here today and you've known him as a child, and, but you've drifted away throughout life. God's calling you back today. You may be here this morning and you've never known Jesus. You may be a doubter. You may be an atheist in here today. Someone invited you or you saw something and you're just here and you have felt something stirring inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's calling you saying, I know you. Even in your mother's womb, I knew you. I love you. I want you. If you're in this place today with no looking around and I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to call you forward. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for today. You say, you know what? I need Jesus today. I want to know that I know. You just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you right where you're at. Anybody said, I need Jesus today. I need Jesus today. Anybody said, I need him today. I, just, I see you. Anybody else said, I need you today. I need Jesus today. I need you today, oh Lord. I'm tired of fighting this thing alone. I'm tired of going through my life alone. I need you today. Anybody else said, I need Jesus? You two or so people that raised your head. Everybody look up. It's the best decision you will ever make. Come on, church. says if you believe it in your heart and confess with your mouth that you can be saved today I want to lead you in a prayer salvation is more than this prayer this is this is this is just getting you started but I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer where you're confessing with your mouth and believing and I want you to say it after me the way we do it at Legacy everybody's going to say it with you because we want you to know that we're standing with you come on let's pray today say Heavenly Father I come before you today and I confess with my mouth and I believe it in my heart that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. Today, I admit I have failed. I have sinned. I'm not perfect. But I believe today that I'm being washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I declare today, I am saved. I'm a new creation. Come on, say, I'm not going back. Say, I'm never going back. I'm never going back because I'm a child of God. I'm getting my identity back. I'm starting to know who I am today. Come on, say, devil, you lied to me. Come on, say, devil, you lied to me. But today, the truth is revealed. Say, devil, I'm not yours, but I'm a child of the Most High God today. Come on, declare it. Say, I've been saved today. Come on, church, I want you to praise God. About five people got saved in first and second service today. Come on, praise Him like He's alive today. Come on, sing.